Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Hour number three. On FST, hope you all are doing well this Saturday morning. Thanks for listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening on TuneIn Radio and iHeartRadio. Uh, that was Joe Deloisio, uh from a contributor at Fanside. He did a nice job of breaking down the Packers there. It really is interesting. You know, when you see teams, when you see regime changes, sometimes they can be drastic, which is interesting only because... These guys were already in the building, but they clearly needed to take a different approach from what Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy were doing. Uh, I think Mike McCarthy had the opportunity to stay around, but it's clear, as Joe said, that things got stale. But the really big change for them was going out and utilizing free agency in a significant way. They went out and got Mm -hmm. Preston Smith and Zadaria Smith this year and Adrian Amos. So added three guys on the de- on the defense and then added two more in the draft in the first round with Gary, who there's some questions about, and then yes. Savage. Uh, like, I, like I sort of reviewed in the interview with Joe, they've added six defensive backs in the last two years. It was an absolute weakness for them. If you can remember back to the playoffs a couple of years ago when they beat Dallas on that crazy Mason Crosby hit two 50-yard field goals uh, to beat them. Uh, in Dallas, I was actually at that game. Des Bryant tore them apart. They were losing by uh, Dallas was losing by a whole bunch, and then Des Bryant annihilated them to the point where Dallas might have won. But uh, you remember the famous uh, throw down the sidelines from Rodgers to Jared Cook to put them in field goal range uh, to win a fifty-yard mm. walk-off. And then the next week they played Atlanta, and Atlanta went uh, like a hot knife through butter so it was a disaster and from that point on they were committed to rebuilding the defensive backfield and they have done it i i think from from a fantasy standpoint for green bay i think aaron Rodgers is what he is right he probably had his worst season as a pro last season and Mm -hmm. that was amidst him getting a little banged up amidst a coach firing it was clear that not everybody was on the same page Absolutely. But Devontae Adams is a lockdown number one wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Some could argue he is the number one wide receiver, although I think you'll have Odell and Antonio Brown and Julio Jones to contend with, as always. Hopkins from the the Texans. Certainly, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy how loaded that is, though, up at the top Mm -hmm. of the draft. But he, I think, Joe Hopkins with Adams. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's okay. But I think Joe tipped us off to what is a huge season for Geronimo Allison. 
So I think the mm-hmm. suggestion there is Allison, given uh, given him staying healthy, will be given the opportunity to work in the slot and see a ton of targets. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, remember, no uh, Randall Cobb, even though his you know, right. production has you know gone down each of the last Heard few seasons. The so, yeah. yeah. So I'm interested uh, fantasy-wise in, in Allison this year. You know, I was interested in him last year, but then he, obviously he got hurt. But uh, and also those two kids they have, uh, the St. Brown and uh, Valdez Scantling. We have and we didn't even see Jamon right? Moore. He was the highest traffic of the three. Jamon Moore was the <laughs> right, fourth right, round. Right. Valdez Scantling mm-hmm. was the fifth, and Equinemius St. Brown was the sixth. So. Yeah. Yeah, they've really re- rebuilt this team pretty well. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it just fell apart last year. Maybe Matt Lafleur, he's in a good position. It's a pretty good roster. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm complimenting everybody's roster today, but teams like Washington <laughs> and Atlanta. But we didn't even get to Atlanta yet. I'll get to them in a minute. Right. But teams like Washington, Atlanta, and Green Bay, whose seasons yeah. fell apart in in a variety of different ways. The NFC is deep. Like those two, those teams yeah. are pretty good. Those three teams are. We didn't good even talk rosters. about the Packers running backs too. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. <laughs> That's right. So, so yeah, they're deep. Yeah. <laughs> so give me your thoughts, really, on that. Like, wh- do you think that it's the Aaron Jones show at running back, or do they just keep uh, mixing it up? Matt Lafleur was in Tennessee last year. He used Deion Lewis for a really long time before mm-hmm. Derrick Henry broke away. People were critical of him for that, and I, I probably would be one of those that's critical. But. Um, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, you think they're sharing it, or this is the Aaron Jones show until something happens? I think that uh, Aaron, it's going to be Aaron Jones's show, but uh, Jamal Williams is going to have a, a definite role there. But uh, I think that uh, Jones is the guy that I would draft first next season. Yeah, yeah, uh, clearly. I wonder where he sits right now. I'll try to look that up on uh, – let's go to maybe – We'll check for auto experts uh, during the next break to see where we have those guys ranked. So could be an interesting bounce back for the Packers there. Um, I'm not in love with the Gary pick, but I think. Yeah. Savage and Joe brought a great bit. point. Underlying shoulder injury. He yeah, Joe uh, didn't pull any punches with that. It didn't seem like he was in agreement with it as well. So, I mean, I, I was when I was reading up on, on Gary, uh, I was reading that he had a, a good combine, which seems that maybe might have masked uh, some of the flaws of his as a, as a real-life player. So we'll see what, what, how, how he develops. But uh, For his ta- uh, like a, talent level mm-hmm. and the, way, the mm-hmm. manner in which he was recruited, I think he's from Jersey. Mm-hmm. For him to go three years at Michigan and only pick up nine and a half sacks is, is a failure in production. Right, right. It doesn't mean that he's not still talented, but, you know, you just have questions about guys like that. Like, why couldn't you – he played in a big conference, but his teammate Chase Winovich was more productive than him, and now he's on the Patriots. We'll see what – that's an ultimate Patriots pick. He may not be the most physically talented guy out there, but productive, and, you know, he'll start being productive at the NFL level because they'll put him in – uh, positions to succeed. So that's it on the Packers. Uh, might as well talk about Atlanta since I just referenced them. Uh, they may not have had the sexiest draft that you've ever seen, but they uh, drafted a guy that I love in Chris Lindstrom out of Boston College, and then they traded back up, utilizing their second-round pick to trade back up into the first round to get Caleb McGarry. They didn't even pick last night, no second- or third-round picks, but they pick mm-hmm. a guard and a tackle. What I like about that is it shows that they have integrity, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, about the weaknesses on their roster. They knew that the right side of their offensive line was a major problem, and they picked two starters 
to fix it. So Matt Ryan is there with Devonta Freeman, Edo Smith. I think you can feel good about Edo Smith coming into this fantasy season, A, because Freeman always gets hurt, B, because <laughs> Tevin Coleman left for a relatively cheap price in free agency, and they said, we're good with Edo Smith. I, I think that mm-hmm. tells you that they feel pretty solid about Edo Smith. He got a lot of goal line cracks um, in the past. So I think that's an opportunity for a value pick there. If you're playing the zero running back game, maybe Edo Smith is a guy that isn't a starter but could see some productivity there. They obviously have Julio there and Calvin Ridley. Muhammad Sanu mm-hmm. is a number three. Matt Ryan's locked up. So Austin Hooper the prop, as the yeah, tight end. Uh, that that's right. Him and Ryan. That's right. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. So I think offensively in in addressing the offensive line here, with Jake Matthews at left tackle and Alex Math Mack, and obviously aging center, but I still feel like they did the prime. They addressed their primary need. They've tagged Grady Jarrett at defensive tackle. Keanu Neal and Deion Jones and Ricardo Allen all got hurt in September last year, and the team never recovered. They fought back, mm-hmm. but long term. They were out of gas. Even by the time Deion Jones got back, they were already out of the playoffs, basically. So I do think they are another team that are bounced back. Look at us. Keep adding teams, right? Atlanta. <laughs> I said Atlanta and Washington and Green Bay are the three teams that didn't make the playoffs last year that I think you have to look at honestly. Without I, mm-hmm. I haven't looked at their schedules specifically in terms in the context of this discussion, but I think three teams that really had – tough seasons last year with Washington's ending in tragic fashion, Green Bay mm-hmm. just slogging through the whole season, and Atlanta just having decimating injuries that got them off track before October rolled around. So um, I, I, I do like what Atlanta did, even though it's only been two picks so far. We'll see where they continue to add people. They need guys like Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley the pass rushers that they've drafted in the first round over the last few seasons to really start producing. Grady Jarrett's their best front seven guy, um, front four guy right now. Deion Jones would be in the mix for the front seven, but he, he's been their top player. Are they going to pay him long-term? We'll see. So, uh, so that's it on Atlanta. I don't know if you have any additional thoughts there. I went on my little diatribe. No, no, no. I think you've handled it perfectly. I mean, they look, they're a team uh, a year removed from being in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I mean, we talked about uh, their offense. I'm with you on Edo Smith. Uh, last year, I expected a little bit more out of him, but, uh, you know, he's a year older uh, and they're shoring up their offensive line. Uh, yeah. You know, Lindstrom and McGarry, not really sexy picks, but, you know, they're the kind of guys that, that you know, help teams win. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Uh, I never criticize teams that are drafting offensive linemen in the first round. Now, sure, yeah. what the Texans did with Titus Thomas, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about players from Alabama State. I can only lean on the breakdown that my boy Emery Hunt gave the other night, and he said that he felt like it was a really shrewd pick, that he may not be from a big school or have right. as – popular name as some of the other guys that were rumored to go in the first round but he felt like that was a really strong addition Uh, they obviously have to pound pound offensive line it put them in a terrible position and got Deshaun (laughs) Watson hurt so they drafted an offensive tackle in the first round Titus Howard they got a D-back in Lonnie Johnson in the second round 
Max Sharping, another offensive tackle in the third round, and then a tight end, Kahali Waring, which I think is a pretty good pick out of San Diego State. People thought he might be a steal of a tight end, and they've been middling at tight end, guys like Ryan Anderson and more. Uh, I, I think they wanted to sort of draft over those guys to see if they can upgrade at the position. So Houston did it with two offensive tackles. Atlanta went in the first round to get two offensive linemen. And my ultimate point was I don't really criticize teams that are drafting offensive linemen because it is always a position of need. It is really difficult to obtain depth at offensive line. Uh, I, I think across the NFL they would admit that offensive line play is the biggest problem at times with the league they've made offense easier to play but still it's difficult to evaluate difficult to obtain quality offensive linemen so i think you just throw as many picks as it at it as you can if you feel like there's a sure fire guy like the vikings did with bradbury and the falcons did with chris lindstrom shout out to mm-hmm. my alma mater bc then i think you do it <laughs> and you don't look back and forget the fact that it isn't sexy it's more it's more important to the team than drafting a functional wide receiver yeah, right. yes Right, yeah. And I like, uh, you know, Emery's uh, take on, on Howard. From what I've read, uh, he's you know, thought to have more potential than Jawan Taylor. Uh, just needs to refine his game, get used to playing against uh, top competition. You know, obviously, coming from Alabama State, we don't know too much about him. But uh, uh, I like uh, Emery's take on that. Yeah, I, I said Titus Thomas. I think it's Titus Howard, so my apologies right, right. for that. But, um so, yeah, some people feel he's a little early, but uh, they played – Alabama State played uh, Auburn, I think. He, he mentioned it the other night. They played an SEC team, and he really held his own. Emory said they oh, okay. even moved him around from left tackle to right tackle during that game to try to keep mm-hmm. the quarterback alive, and uh, he's, he acquitted himself well. So, so, here you go. It's Houston, Atlanta. Uh, let's go back to some other teams that people feel were winners in day two. So the, the Philadelphia Eagles, I really like what they've done. I, they actually might be my favorite of every team so far, what Philly's done. They had a lot of picks coming into the draft, and they utilized some to move around. And they dra- they traded up to get Andre Dillard, an offensive tackle in the first round, which they have good offensive tackles, but they're getting up there in age with Mm -hmm. um, Lane Johnson and why am I blanking on his name? Lane Johnson and Peters, Jason Peters. So they're getting up there in age. I think you just need depth at the position. Maybe he can move it inside, but Dillard is seen really more as a pass-blocking offensive tackle at, coming out of Mike, yeah. Mike Leach's system. Uh, Some second people think he's pick. the best pass blocker yeah. in the draft I was reading. So That's right. <laughs> Good pick. That's right. Yeah. Second mm-hmm. best, Second pick in the draft, Miles Sanders out of Penn State. Some people thought he could be the top running back. He killed it at the combine. And some Mm -hmm. people thought he might be one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the draft. They didn't have to reach and go get a running back in round one. They just stayed put and picked 21 in round two. Actually, that was from Baltimore. The Baltimore-Philly trade resulted in them swapping first-round picks, second-round picks, and there were multiple picks. Philly had a lot of picks but utilized some to move around and gets Miles Sanders here, running back out of Penn State. So why that's interesting is because 
They picked up Jordan Howard. They had Corey Clement there, Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams. We've seen all these guys play, right? Jordan Howard, obviously mm-hmm. not. They had JGI last year, but you know that that experiment didn't really work out. But adding somebody like Miles Sanders at running back and a guy that I really love in JJ Sega Whiteside from Stanford yep, yep. is, I feel like, a huge win for them. They utilized all their picks to go up and get three offensive players that could all be starters by the end of the year. There's talks that El Nelson Aguilar could be on the move. I don't know if that's the case, but Arcega Whiteside is somebody that was really productive at Stanford and Sanders at Penn State as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't have uh, the kind of elite speed that some of these wide receivers has, but uh, he no. has a knack of using that body, uh, put himself in a good position to get those uh, contested uh, catches. So, you know, so uh, I-, I like the pick as well. Yeah, obviously they don't have a security blanket with Nick Foles anymore, but it's going to be Carson Wentz's show here uh, to see what he can do with these guys. Uh, I think Philly's got the kind of roster that can compete, certainly for the playoffs, and I wonder if the addition of Carson Wentz back into the lineup for a full season has them competing more for than, than just for the division. They obviously won a playoff game last year in crazy fashion mm-hmm. with the 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 double doink, but nonetheless, it, it's a team that I, I think it has their eyes set on a lot more than just winning the division. Sure, sure. Big year for uh, Carson Wentz. See what he could do, right? Stay healthy yeah. and uh, get this team uh, deep into the playoffs. That is a problem. His health <laughs> is an issue. There's no way to. There's mm-hmm. no other way around it. At this point, it's an issue. A couple of uh, you know season-ending injuries. So we'll see. Can Foles get the same job done in Jacksonville? We'll see. We'll talk about Jacksonville on, on the way back. So uh, it's Mike and Joe, FST. They got a gift. Saturday edition. They did <laughs> get a gift. We'll come back. We'll talk about Jacksonville right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Just under the wire, had to run back, run back to the <laughs> mic. Heard a little aha playing, but that'll get you going, right? Yeah, yeah, sure will. Whenever I hear aha, it makes me uh, <laughs> yeah. charges me. Lights you up. That's your it's your yeah. workout song. It's your workout jam. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Get some iron. Get, get your reps in. Get some iron up. You can throw on a little aha. Yeah. I know you can get. You know that's it'll get you pumped. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, all right, where are we at? Uh, all right, so top of the hour is going to be George Kurtz and Cam Stewart, their weekend fantasy update. Um, I'm sure they'll be talking about this. They'll be doing baseball. Those guys love love themselves some hockey, so I'm sure they'll talk about mm-hmm. uh, hockey yeah. playoffs as well. Uh, NBA you, uh, playoffs. George's Islanders lost last night, but uh, so he might not talk hockey. <laughs> well. He's probably Absolutely. stunned that they're in the second round of the playoffs. Exactly. Yes. He's a realist. Yes. Yeah. 
So, all right. Uh, keep bouncing around to different players. So, love with the Eagles. Um, lo- love with the Eagles did here. So, they, they got Sanders and Arcega Whiteside in the second round after adding um, Andre Dillard in the first round. So, next team I wanted to bounce over to is... You know, a team that did a little bit of work last night was Jacksonville. I think their draft has gone really well. It's obviously a team that sort of went off, not sort of, went off the rails last year with Bortles' play just not being there. They get a gift, like we talked about earlier, they get a little bit of a gift with Josh Allen at number seven uh, overall. So they have another edge rusher to add to that defense, which is already – one that look statistically and overall the team didn't play well, but I think it was obvious that things were breaking down for this team because the offense was so pathetic at times. Um, <laughs> now they add Nick Foles for eighty-eight million dollars. They add a pass rusher to a team that already has Yannick Ngakwe, Marcel Darius, Galeas Campbell, Telvin Smith, Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey, and AJ Bouye. So they add now a straight-up pass rusher. They missed on Dante Fowler at very high in the draft a few years ago. He obviously started out as a rookie, torn ACL, first day of camp, like first play or something crazy like that. So Fowler is now on the Rams, and you have Josh Allen to try to take another crack at a, an impactful edge rusher there. But it also helped that they had Yannick Ngakwe there as somebody that in the third round of 2016 has been – certainly outplayed where he was drafted so far. Then you have Jawan Taylor, the offensive tackle that got a little bit of a rep for being a diva, but they had a big-time potential player at offensive tackle here early in the second round. They then also add Josh Oliver, tight end from San Jose State. I heard his name mentioned a lot later in the draft that he could be an interesting mid-round tight end pick, and they end up with Josh Oliver and then Quincy Williams from Murray State, who is the brother, I learned this last night, the brother of Quinnen Williams, hmm. number three overall Quentin pick. Quincy. Yeah, hmm. Quentin and Quincy. So Quentin, uh, standout out of Alabama, Quincy a little bit more under the radar, but he's a third-round pick. So mm-hmm. it's hard to be a third-round pick out of Murray State. They don't put a lot of guys in the NFL. So he obviously was impactful. Uh, obviously, clearly different size. He's 5'10", 239. He's practically half the size of his mm-hmm. brother. But uh, Quinton was getting all the uh, extra chicken, yeah, extra, extra, yeah. extra steak. But, I mean, at 5'10", <laughs> 239, he's obviously thick. He's sort of got right. – he's probably like a – he played linebacker in college – they're just worried if he can play there in the NFL. So maybe he's like uh, he could conceivably drop weight, almost like a, a Shaquem Griffin situation in Seattle where he played linebacker, but maybe they move him back to safety. You know, Jabril Peppers played some linebacker in college, and he's now a safety in the, in the pros. So maybe Quincy Williams drops some weight and ends up being a safety, but it's interesting. He, he really is a tweener, but – Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, so there you go. Teams so, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like what I like what they did. If for no other reason that they got lucky with Josh Allen, and then Juwan Taylor falls all the way to them. There are guys yeah. that had Juwan Taylor as a right top tackle. ten talent. That's right. They did. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now we got D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Lee, 
Chris Conley, DJ Chark. Doesn't scare anybody, but there's a lot of speed there. Westbrook and Chark, playmakers. Um, and they didn't, yeah, you're right, they didn't need, they didn't need depth there. At they, they drafted Cam Robinson two years ago to pair with Leonard Fournette. They signed Andrew Norwell for a fortune last offseason. Now they have a right tackle in Jawan Taylor. It seems like he'll be a right tackle in the league, too. So, you know, we know how this team's going to try and win. They're not going to throw the ball 50 times, Joe. Right, right. They're going to just hope that uh, uh, Fournette uh, could get his head out of his bleep, right? <laughs> just, yeah. just play and, and you know, focus and, and stay healthy. And, uh, you know, I mean, when when he's on his game, you know, he's shown to be one of the better running backs in in the uh, in the league, but you know what? Uh, with with Foles there, uh, and uh, maybe they could pick up the wide receiver. Maybe they could uh, beat the Packers through that wide receiver. Uh, Joe was telling us about Dylan Mitchell, <laughs> because and, and they got that tight end who's a pretty good uh, that they picked up in this draft who could catch some passes as well. So maybe yeah, they're tight ends the now. Portals, yeah, maybe when yeah. Portal's gone, maybe they won't have to rely on on the running game as much. But you're right; it's going to be a big part of their offense. It is really unique that somebody like Nick Foles gets on the free agency market, right? I'm not suggesting he's a Hall of Famer, but Nick Foles probably should have been a starter all along. Starter all along. So, I hate to keep falling in love with everybody's roster, but Jacksonville's <laughs> problem was the, their ability, their inability to play offense consistently. So adding a quarterback, a tackle, we know they want to win by running the ball. A couple of years ago, they were on the precipice of of making the Super Bowl. Sometimes windows close for teams like that, but this is a unique scenario Mm -hmm. where they're totally re-energized. Now, if Foles doesn't live up to the contract, then it's all over. This organization is toast, and the window will close, and everybody will get fired. But if Foles is good and he's his 2017 playoff self, then this team is going to really compete. That's a tougher division now. The teams that you're falling in love with all have uh, good chances of really bouncing back. You mentioned the Falcons, like we said, two, two years away from uh, from being in the Super Bowl. The Jags, uh, you know, took the uh, the Pats uh, to the brink a couple of years ago and they could have made it to the Super Bowl, like you mentioned. The Packers, I mean, all these teams have nice bounce-back uh, abilities. So don't, don't feel bad about loving all these teams there, Mike. <laughs> so, well, let, let me, oh, then I'll ask the question uh, differently. Of these teams that I've been talking about, so there's four teams that I've mm-hmm. fallen in love with this morning: Washington, right. Jacksonville, Atlanta. Who's the other one that I, that I fell in love with? Washington, a Green uh, Bay, Packers, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Of those four teams, which one is the best chance to win their division? <laughs> Atlanta, Green Bay. Jacksonville, Washington. Yeah, I, I like Atlanta's. Ch- yeah, it is a it is a hard one. It is very hard. Uh, I, I do like Atlanta's chances at bouncing back. I mean, all of them have. Yeah. You could make an argument, I think, for for each of them. To tell you the truth. Yes, right? you definitely could. You definitely could. Mm-hmm. I think Washington maybe, yeah. has. I think Washington is a tougher chance because they are going to be playing with a rookie quarterback going up against. Mm-hmm. A pretty talented Philly team, a really talented Philly team, and Dallas, who 
you know, they found their way last year at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bank on Dallas to repeat their success, but I think Washington would have a lot to deal with. The problem for Jacksonville is that's a good division now. People call it the AFC soft for years. Now it's good. Jacksonville almost made the Super Bowl two years ago. The Titans are going are have a winning record every year. The Colts. We're going to get to the Colts right after this. The Colts yeah. may have pulled off the best draft so far out of everyone, and now. You have uh, Houston, who actually won the division last year. Mm-hmm. So that yep. Jacksonville's got a lot to contend with. I think they would have a really tough time. So of those of those teams that we mentioned, I think Jacksonville might have the toughest time. But I could see the Packers being better than the Vikings and the Bears this year. I could see it. I think they're the best, especially to, uh, to win the division. Yeah. I'm in love with Matt Ryan for for the biggest home field reasons. advantage too. <laughs> yeah, I'm in love with um, Atlanta, and I had them in the Super Bowl last year. In the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I had them. I think winning the Super Bowl over the Titans, and both teams missed the playoffs. But um, I think Atlanta's got a good chance. I think Green Bay would have a good chance. Washington would be tougher. Jacksonville's just got a, a tough division now. So, um, but interesting stuff. Jacksonville is really unique in that they're able to add foals there. So let's talk about the team that I was just mentioning because there's talk about um, how Colts general managers, according to NFL.com, Greg Rosenthal, the writer here, his number one winner on the day is general manager Chris Ballard. It's going to be hard for Ballard, in uh, this is according to Greg Rosenthal, to top his ridiculously productive 2018 draft with, with which he landed two starting offensive linemen. Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith, and the defensive rookie of the year, Darius Leonard. But he found great value again. After trading out of the first round altogether, the Colts picked up their number one quarter, the number one corner on many lists, Temple's Rocky Sin, with the 34th overall pick. They got a needed edge rusher for TCU's Ben Banagu at 49th overall, and an explosive playmaker. And I love this pick in Ohio State wide receiver, Paris Campbell at 59th overall. So. In the trade down, so they were, remember, at number three last year. The Jets were at number six. The Jets moved up to number three to draft Sam Darnold. Right, Joe? Yes. So here's Manish Mehta from the New York Daily News. The Jets-Colts blockbuster trade from last year is officially complete. The Jets got Sam Darnold. Here's what the Colts got. Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, oh two-star offensive lineman. Yeah. Kamoko mm-hmm. Ture, running back Jordan Wilkins, and cornerback Rocky Sin. So who do you think won the deal was his question. I would say right now, you'd have to say the Colts because they added so much. But mm-hmm. if Sam Darnold is a great player, then uh, I don't think the Jets are going to care much. So uh, I really do like what the Colts have been able to do. That was such a great trade for them last year. Uh, they had the luxury of doing it because they had a quarterback who a year ago we weren't sure where he's at, but clearly by the middle of last year, uh, last season, I thought we felt okay about Andrew Luck. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, part of that is just him, you know, uh, healing. Uh, another part is just, you know, you mentioned the players that they got back, that they, that they, they were able to turn that trade into the, the Quentin Nelsons and, you know, the shoring up that offensive line that's been a uh, a big problem for the Colts for years. Uh, you know, there was 
I forget the streak, but there was a streak where Luck hadn't wasn't sacked at all. So partly that he you know he yes. came back from his injury, and partly that he he just had time to to to, to throw the ball. And uh, this addition of uh, Paris Campbell, I'm I'm you know with you on this. This guy, a uh, uh, speedy guy who could take it to the house whenever he gets the ball in his hands. So uh, you know the the, the the yeah, it just needs. To I thought they might go. I thought they might go with a bigger bodied wide receiver, but I think they just took the best wide receiver on their board at the time. It was the 27th pick. They've had three picks in the second round yesterday, so they picked second, 17th, and 27th. I think they just went with the best wide receiver on the board at that point. They then picked Bobby Okariki, a outside linebacker with the 25th pick in the third round. Bobby Okariki was definitely considered by many to be a nice value in the mid-rounds of the draft. So uh, kudos to the Colts. Um, you know, if you're – we just talked about Jacksonville, and we know Houston won the division last year. If you had to put a little bit of wager down right now, would you say that the Colts, who are probably favored, but would you say the Colts will win this division? So Houston, Colts, Jags, Titans, uh, right now, Yes. I mean, when you look yeah. at what the Colts uh, have done, I mean, even uh, uh, Marlon Mack, uh, Naheem Hines, they're, they're running backs. Jack Doyle will be back healthy, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Luck loves to throw the ball to him. And, uh, you know, they picked up Devin Funches, which is, you know, I, you know, T.Y. Hilton getting help now with Paris Campbell. So I think yeah. they're the, they got a really good balance. They do. The Devin Funches thing, some people are like, wow, why did they give him $14 million? First of all, who cares about the money? They're under the cap, and it's a one-year proving mm-hmm. deal. If Devin Funches right. isn't even working out in training camp, it doesn't matter. He's only going to be on the team for one year. And if he finally becomes what people thought he could be, then it's a win, and they can extend him right. if they want. It's probably unlikely. I'm not really a believer. But with T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, Deion Kane was a pick that they got in the sixth round last year that we thought – might have an impact fantasy-wise, and then he tore his ACL. So he's coming mm-hmm. back from that injury. They could conceive of, they're effectively adding three wide receivers to the roster here with Campbell, Funches, and Deion Kane. So mm-hmm. uh, more weapons for Luck to play with, and he clearly favored Eric Ebron in the red zone last year and Jack Doyle, who had a very Man, I, I didn't even year mention because him. of injuries. I right? didn't even mention Ebron. <laughs> yeah. right. You're right. So mm-hmm. pretty good weapons there. Uh, I would like a, a bigger wide receiver, but considering that they're going to use some two tight end, continue to use two tight end sets, and mm-hmm. that's really where their size lives, I'm okay with that. Um, it's really a collection of receiving options, right? Not everybody can be Julio Jones. There's only so many of those guys out there. Maybe the Pats got right. one in Nikhil Harry. Uh, but those guys don't come around that often that are a really good combination of size plus speed and ability. So, right. Um, right. so that's where we're at. So that, that's it on the AFC South. The Titans, uh, let me see if I can look at them really quick uh, before the break, which is in a minute. The Titans, they after, they added Jeffrey Simmons. At 19, he has a torn ACL that he did in February. I, I would imagine it's unlikely that he comes back this year, although some people have said that you could see him at some point. So maybe he starts up uh, with an IR designation to return. Uh, they could be a team competing for a playoff spot, so maybe they'll need an infusion. But Jeffrey Simmons' talent was considered to be top 10 uh, 
maybe even higher than that. You could have seen him drafted in the area of where uh, Josh Allen and some of the other guys uh, at the top of the draft are drafted. So Jeff Simmons really considered. Would the, you have done that if you had talent though? Even though he's so, so talented, I mean, uh, would you do that? <laughs> Draft I'm okay someone with that, uh, you know, yeah? I'm okay with okay. it. I think you just have to consider that these rookie deals, if the players are good, these rookie deals are five-year deals. You have to draft a guy like that with that kind of talent in the first round because if you do have the luxury of the fifth-year option, if you only drafted him in no, the okay. second round, good you point. really only have two years, three years to look at him. So I'm okay with good, what Very good there. point, we'll yeah. Keep, yeah, we'll keep talking about the Titans options after this because they added a wide receiver as well. That's Mike and Joe closing it out after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Closing it out, headed up to weekend fantasy update after this. So that's going to be George and Cam Stewart. See how fired up they are. George's team, Dallas Cowboys, uh, did they even pick? Yeah, they picked uh, defensive tackle Tristan Hill from UCF yesterday and Connor McGovern, uh, guard from... Penn State so really just they needed defensive line obviously they've had some big losses there they're still dealing uh, you know they, they finally uh, locked up Dexter Lawrence there not Dexter Lawrence Demarcus Lawrence and uh, they had Tristan Hill there so they've had, they've had some losses at defensive line they needed to backfill there but the team that we're going to talk about we got two teams on this segment uh, Titans and Seahawks, and we probably buried the lead uh, with Seahawks having a major piece of news yesterday. But we talked about Jeff Simmons. Yes, I I think you have to draft a guy like that in the first round. First round talent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The ACL may keep him out this year, but uh, it gives you in the first round is often used strategically. I think people get fired about me like, why would you draft this guy at the end of the first round when he might be a second round talent? There's a chance for you to reach on elite potential players in the first round because you have an extra year to evaluate them. You you have a fifth-round kicker, which you can effectively get the player. If he really is great, then you're not paying him full market value in year five either. If he's a if he's a second-round pick, Joe, it's just the rookie contract, and then they go to free agency. It's really what happened with the Giants and Landon Collins. If Landon mm-hmm. Collins had been a first-round pick – Maybe they they probably would have exercised that fifth year option and just kept him around, but instead he was at full market value in his fifth year, and they just let him walk to Washington. Do you know what I mean? Like that's gotcha. an example. Yeah, of yeah, what yeah. Could have mm-hmm. happened there. That's a so, yeah, good example. Yeah. So so I like Jeff Simmons there. 
in round one. And then round two, they get A.J. Brown. The wide receiver class this year was interesting because we saw Marquise Brown go to the Ravens, which I think is a great pick. He's also dealing with foot injury, but probably back by training camp. Mm-hmm. And then Nikhil Harry to the Patriots. It just says everything you need to know about the Pats. They obviously loved him for them to stay there and take mm-hmm. him, even though other people had different wide receivers rated in front. A.J. Brown actually was more productive than his teammate D.K. Metcalf, who was impressive at the Combine, and we'll get to him in a moment. But A.J. Brown adding to Corey Davis, who was a top-10 pick a couple of years ago. <laughs> this is a really make-or-break year for the Titans. I have been a believer. I do like the head coach. But there's no doubt they've been hampered hampered by the fact that Mariota has been injured at times and maybe hasn't lived up to the elite manner in which he was drafted. Ditto for Jameis, to be honest, in Tampa. Yeah, but interesting that they came out at the same time, yes. <laughs> yeah, so Corey Davis, yeah. A.J. Brown, Taewon Taylor, and they added Adam Humphreys during the offseason. Delaney Walker was a big injury for them last year. This team went 9-7, and seven and people thought, thought they had a bad yeah. year. If they had completed mm-hmm. that two-point conversion in London – and they, they went for two at the end of that game in London. Down one, they went for two to try to win it, which I support. But the season's very different for them if they complete that two-point conversion. They go 10-6, and six and they're in the playoffs. They don't have mm-hmm. to have a play-in game against the Colts in Week 17. So Marcus Mariota, big year for him, and they give him another weapon. Lots of weapons. Yeah, even you didn't mention uh, Tajay Sharp, too, another another guy that has potential. Uh, And uh, like you mentioned, uh, Walker's back this year, uh, who's a big uh, target for Mariota, like a uh, security blanket for him. So this will be a very interesting year for uh, the the, the Titans, man. uh, I'm a Mariota believer, so I'll I'll just support. I I support him. I think he'll be fine. So last team. Derek Henry, Henry, number one, by the way. I mean, uh, just from day one, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I don't, I don't see any way around, you know, messing around with that uh, this mm-hmm. year. They, they, they gave it a shot to try and make Deion Lewis the number one guy last year, and it had an adverse effect on the team. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm with you. Yeah. So their new offensive coordinator, by the way, is Arthur Smith. So they lose Matt LaFleur to be head coach, uh, to head coaching position in Green Bay. And Arthur Smith, he just wrapped up his eighth season on the Titans coaching staff and his third full season in charge of tight ends. So he moves up uh, to offensive coordinator, working with Mike Vrabel, who I'm a believer in there as well as a head coach. So the last team that we may have time for, I'll squeeze in the Ravens if I can, and we might be able to. But another really big piece of news that I probably should have talked about earlier was in depth was Doug Baldwin. And they draft DK Metcalf, the Seahawks do. Seahawks had very few picks. They only had four picks going into the draft. And they started wheeling and dealing on draft night. They moved back from 21, and then they had... 29 and 30 29 as a result of the first of all they started dealing with frank clark earlier this week they got the chiefs pick at 29 the chiefs Mm -hmm. signed frank clark frank clark for big money then they move back from 21 to 30 they pick up the packers second pick and additional picks 
So they went from having four picks going into the draft as of like Monday to now having four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks and maybe they'll obtain more. But they used one of those picks around one for LJ Collier, defensive end out of TCU, who the college guys, Julissi and Emory Hunt, do like. They thought he could go a little bit later, but they like him, productive player. They draft a safety in Marquise Blair from Utah. And then the most high-profile name on their list is DK Metcalf. In our mock draft, he went in the first round. In other people's mocks, they thought he could go. He's very much a workout warrior. He wasn't very productive at Ole Miss. He caught a bunch of touchdowns, but last year he was banged up, played in only seven games, only caught 26 passes. The year before, 37, I think, off the top of my head. A.J. Brown, his teammate that we just talked about in Tennessee, was far more productive. But the big reason, it seems like, for D.K. Metcalf is that Doug Baldwin has had multiple surgeries this offseason and is at risk of having to retire. Mm. Yeah, he was talking about it last year, not retiring, but, uh, you know, he was dealing with injuries last year as well. And he uh, acknowledged that this was going to be just like the norm for him, just dealing with injuries. uh, And uh, because I I think he missed the first several games of last year as well. And it's such a shame because, you know, Baldwin, uh, you know, former 90 plus catch uh, receiver, you know, uh, basically a very high end uh, wide receiver two, low low end uh, wide receiver one in fantasy in in the past, and uh, just thirty years old. But yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Pete Carroll has acknowledged that uh, you know he he might may retire, may have to retire. Yeah. He'll turn he'll turn thirty one in September. He was a free agent out of Stanford in twenty eleven. Uh, I'd say it's safe to say he out he blew out the expectations for him as a guy that wasn't even drafted. Mm -hmm. Doug Baldwin has been the number one on this team for a long period of time. So DK Metcalf is certainly a different type of player, bigger, stronger, faster straight line speed. I think people are concerned about his lack of quickness. But if you want a guy to sort of run straight down the field and fight off the other defender, I think he could be your guy. Uh, I think it's telling that he dropped to the late second round. Uh, Other teams thought that other players could be more productive and uh, so that's a big addition for them defensive end wide receiver they pick up Cody Barton as a linebacker in the third round and Marquise Blair in the second round so let's just say Baldwin isn't there this team really is going to try to run the ball a lot like they did last year so who are your favorite options you like Chris Carson they were very successful yeah they were Mm -hmm. So who would be your favorite option other than Russell Wilson from a fantasy standpoint? Uh, on this team, uh, I mean, I'd yeah. have to go uh, running back is going to be tough because Carroll has shown that, you know, committee. he likes this uh, committee approach. You you got to love Carson, but you just have to kind of, if you do draft Carson, just make sure that you, you, you're very deep at that position in fantasy. Going to be interesting, uh, Tyler Lockett this year as well. Um, you know, I mean, I was going to say Jerron Brown, but his day has passed, hasn't it? Uh, Nick Vanette, yeah. you know, he ha- has has a little bit of appeal as a as a pass catching tight end. You know, with maybe with Baldwin, uh, I, I actually yeah. thought they could yeah. go after a tight end at some point during this draft. They haven't done it yet, so mm-hmm. we'll see. 
Uh, we'll see there where that puts them. Uh, all right, uh, still got some time left. So I, I, I'd say that's that's really one of the bigger pieces of news during the offseason is if Doug Baldwin has to retire. I think that really yes. <laughs> makes us things up for Seattle. Uh, people are going to jump on DK Metcalf as a impact receiver. I think he'd be more of a red zone threat as a rookie, like a sole red zone threat. I wouldn't expect him to pile up a lot of catches. I think somebody with his profile and background would be hard-pressed to make an impact as a rookie, but it, with with in absence of other options, maybe they're forced to, to go to him. So let's go to the team that I mentioned briefly in Baltimore. So Marquise Brown, they take with the 25th pick overall. 5-9-166, so he's t- – that's right, Hollywood. Antonio Brown's cousin. <laughs> Hopefully he's got yes, a better yes. attitude. So really productive in college. One of the most explosive players, I heard Todd McShay talking about him, and he said combination of speed and quickness is as good as he's ever evaluated. He had him ranked um, really high on his boards. I'm not surprised at all that he went in the first round. The Ravens are a team desperate for wide receiver talent. Mm -hmm. Desperate. Mm -hmm. Right now it's Willie Sneed. Right now the depth chart is Willie Sneed, Jordan Lasley, Chris Moore, but now two wide receivers that I like, Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin. So, again, integrity about your roster. They knew that they needed to drastically change the wide receiver room and that they couldn't go in there with that group that I just mentioned. So Marquise Brown, a known explosive guy, really small, but – you can't hit what you can't catch. It's what Emory Hunt likes to say. So uh, <laughs> I like that addition. I'm a Steelers fan. I'm just talking. You know, I don't like it like it, but I like it for the Ravens. <laughs> and then Miles right, Boykin. Right. It's the, it was the right move. Yes. Yes, but Miles Boykin, mm-hmm. a, a really talented wide receiver out of Notre Dame. I, I think there's some questions about as to why he wasn't more productive or more dominant. But I, I like that. I like both moves for them. And I think in general they've done. They've done a nice job in this draft so far. Let me see if I missed one other one. They got Jalen Ferguson. He's the defensive end out of Louisiana Tech. So backfilling some losses that they had, obviously, with guys like Terrell Suggs and Eric Weddle moving on. They did bring in Earl Thomas to replace Eric Weddle. They bring in Ferguson to try to shore up uh, that defensive line a little bit more. So Ravens, Browns, Steelers. That's going to be an interesting competition in the AFC North. I know some people think the Steelers will fall apart, and I, I'm not saying this as a fan. I, I do think that the Steelers, I don't think they'll fall off that much, if at all. They went 9-6-1 mm-hmm. last year. I could see them equaling that or besting that by a game. It could be an addition by subtraction situation, but yeah. go ahead. You mean you don't think the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl like everyone else? Just like, I you mean, know, don't even play these games, right? Don't people, even... <laughs> yeah, people really, get, people really get hyped up pretty quick. They still got to play a lot of games. This is a team that hasn't had a winning record in forever. They added, mm-hmm. by the way, Greedy Williams, a cornerback out of LSU. So he's somebody that, that had a lot of first-round grades. People say right up front, he doesn't really want to tackle. He's a cover guy. But I, I think that's a good addition for the Browns. Um, I think that's going to be an interesting division this year. The Ravens played surprisingly well. Lamar Jackson, and he wasn't even throwing the ball at the end of the year. 
The Browns obviously mm-hmm. made huge additions. They have a very talented roster, but they have a first-year head coach. Can Freddie Kitchens get the job done in year one? He was there as offensive coordinator last year, but he wasn't the head coach. He was responsible for working with Baker pretty well, but mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you know this division is a dogfight. Cincinnati, I think, is way in the rearview mirror here. Uh, they didn't yes. address they didn't address the Andy Dalton situation, which means that I think they're waiting. I think they know that they can wait. Yeah, they they can wait till next year's class. That's what right? they're gonna do. They'll yeah, be in yeah. the mix too, it, because mm-hmm. when you start to look at long term, uh, we can spend an entire show doing what I'm about to say. You have to start looking at long term needs at QB, and there are many teams that have addressed this already: Arizona, Atlanta, Baltimore, Buffalo, Carolina, Chicago. Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, like th- you think of all of these teams, Detroit, Green. I'm going through every team, Green Bay, Houston, Indianapolis. Stop me when somebody needs a quarterback for a long term. Cincinnati's the only one so far. Jacksonville, KC, Los Angeles Chargers. People want to retire Phil Rivers, but Ben Roethlisberger just right. got an extension. Miami mm-hmm. just has Rosen now. Minnesota has Cousins. You just keep going down the list. The only two teams, as you keep going through it, New Orleans has Teddy Bridgewater backing up Drew Brees. The only the next teams that you get to where you really have to think about it is if Jameis and Mariota don't play well. Those teams have to look at right. it. But so Cincinnati will be a team that will probably, let's just say hypothetically, at best, they'll be in the – bottom 10 in the league they might be bottom five in the league they will be a team that's going to have to use draft capital to move up move up as much as they can if they're not Mm -hmm. the first pick do you know what i mean there really aren't teams outside of cincinnati they're they're willing to hold hold tight with andy dalton for a year and then figure Mm -hmm. it out you know what i mean yeah i mean would it surprise you if the Bengals won four games next year you know, I mean, they'd have a pretty decent uh, pick uh, then. I mean, uh, yes, it would never surprise me <laughs> if any team as bad as they are wins four games. It's really hard to pick right, the right. under on four and a half. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, yeah. so that's it. I know we went through a lot. We may have missed some of your teams. I apologize if we did, but we tried to get through as many players as possible. Good stuff, Joe. I'll talk to you again next week. Been a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. All right, it's a weekend fantasy update next with George Kurtz and Cam Stewart. They'll be taking you through all of this and more. Shout out to Sean Engel for producing.